Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. Jerry Maravilla is an L.A.-based filmmaker and the head of crowdfunding at Seed and Spark. Jerry has made several award-winning shorts, including Cross, which he funded on Seed and Spark, and went on to screen at the Newport Beach Film Festival, Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival, and many more. His work has been featured in press outlets such as Business Insider, Pitchfork, Rimezkla, and more, many more places as well. Find Jerry on social media for the real scoop at Jerry Maravilla. And Carol from the Heart is a partner with Seed and Spark, and your fiscally sponsored filmmakers use them for crowdfunding as well, right? They do, Claire. Thank you very much. And we're honored to work with Seed and Spark because our filmmakers have had many successful campaigns with them. And we thank you for joining us today, Jerry. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Well, we want to cover creating a successful campaign, and we want to focus on dispelling some myths that are out there about crowdfunding because we want to give our filmmakers statistics and personal stories so they understand the nuance and the energy and the whole attitude you need to take with you into the crowdfunding arena. Um, And what I find about Seed and Spark is that you all seem to work together as a unit and that your company has a personality of care and concern for filmmakers. Uh, Is this intentional? Because this is what people feel and that's how they relate to you. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm really glad that that is the uh, way that people feel about Seed and Spark. I think that really comes from the fact that uh, so many of us who work at uh, Seed and Spark are also filmmakers ourselves. Um, that's honestly how my, my, I came uh, to work with the company was that I was looking to crowdfund my own short film. And uh, after not being able to find um, private investment or being told no uh, many times, um, I saw Emily Best, the founder and CEO, speak, and she shared her own personal story about trying to get her own film funded and the people that told her no or wanted her to make outrageous creative changes to it um, and uh, really resonated with that and was able to launch the, the campaign for my short cross um, and uh, really just felt taken care of by, by the company and by the people that worked there by Emily and at the time was Erica Anderson, one of the co-founders of the company. Um, and so we're always looking at how we can do what's best for filmmakers because it also helps us because we continue to make work and, and uh, create ourselves. Well, now, what is the mission statement? And tell us what you do to achieve that. Yeah, I think that uh, Emily put it really succinctly and really powerfully um, when she said that, you know, at Seed and Spark, we want to change the world with storytelling. When everyone can see themselves represented on screen, 
um, and that we can be part of empowering all people to take part in shaping how we see our past, our present, and and our future. Um, and so that's, I mean, it's a big st- uh, mission statement, you know, trying to change the world through storytelling, but we really, you know, from all of our own experiences uh, as a company, as people really feeling that film and stories, series, have really made a profound impact on our lives and shaped the way we view things. Um, and so if we can create a platform for filmmakers um, on the crowdfunding and on the streaming side as well, but uh, that can help make and facilitate uh, creators to make work that wouldn't otherwise have that opportunity or that window, we can start to see so many different perspectives, so many different backgrounds, so many different stories that wouldn't uh, get the time or day uh, or spotlight um, in the traditional system. Well, that's important. Now, talk to us about the owners of Seed and Spark. You just mentioned Emily Best is the founder and Erica Anderson is the co-founder. Is that it? Uh, Yes, yes. And there's also um, Max Silverman and James Kalin uh, as other co-founders for the company. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, again, they, they met a few, few years ago, um, and Emily was working with, uh, Erica on trying to produce, uh, a, a feature film called Like the Water. That was about a group of friends, uh, all, all women, uh, in Maine, and, uh, they were doing it independently and were struggling to try to find all the financing and resources that, that they needed. Um, and so uh, Emily kind of created a website like, that operated a bit like a wedding registry uh, where they line listed all of the items that they needed in order to, to complete the film. And they were able to accept uh, cash contributions as well as in-kind donations. So, you know, aside from money, they also got things like uh, a house in Maine to shoot as uh, donated to the production as Wonderful. well as things, things like bug spray, too. <laughs> <laughs> but this is so important. I tell filmmakers that, you know, it's not just money you need. You need someone to do the social networking for you, let them donate uh, three hours uh, a week. At the end of the year, that's just like putting in one month in a normal job and give them a social networking credit on your film for that because mm-hmm. it's consistency that pays off. And having someone to do that for you and you, you need someone on your crew, you could use a driver, someone for food, millions of things you need. So you have to, I say, write it right on the same page. Say, we also need... And list it. Emily is right on top of it. That's exactly what you need to do. Yeah, I think it also helps create trust with the people who uh, you're looking to receive funds or items from. You know, that the fact that they can see that you've thought about it and listed it out indicates that you've gone this extra step. Exactly. You know where you're going and exactly what you need. That's a good Mm -hmm. producer. Now, do you, does Seed and Spark only work with filmmakers? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, we work with people, I guess the nice overarching umbrella term is uh, moving picture creators because we also uh-huh. allow for people who are making series, um, people who um, are also doing uh, working in the VR space, um, the virtual reality uh, new technology. So we've had a couple of virtual reality campaigns, but um, – it is limited to those things. So, you know, feature films, uh, short films, documentaries, uh, narratives, and, and VR. Uh, we don't really allow for, um, 
things like uh, comic books or products to raise on the site, but we have had film festivals and production companies raised. So we're, we're kind of open to film, film related, you know, moving picture storytelling uh, related uh, campaigns. Right. Well, well said. Well, you know, we had to redo our whole bylaws because of the change in the terminology, because film is, mm. is part of my being. I can't help but say filmmakers and, and, uh, and think of it as film when there is no film anymore, really. So we had to rewrite everything and make it media, media production. Ah. Mm-hmm. So I understand. Yeah, and-, and moving pictures. <laughs> <laughs> that works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the long form uh, of the word movies, right? <laughs> yes, right on. So now tell us what Seed and Spark's three to five year goals are. Where are you guys going? Yeah, I think we really, you know, we're working really hard to be the uh, destination for crowdfunding um, for filmmakers, not only, as, you know, not only for filmmakers who are starting out, but filmmakers who are, uh, further along in their career because we've seen crowdfunding really be an instrumental tool in building your audience and communicating with them. Um, and through other initiatives and partnerships that we have with film festivals and other, you know, production companies and, and you know, other people working in the film industry, really trying to create the Seed and Spark as a place where that's where you go when you want to grow your career as a creator. Um, and then oh, wow. on the distribution side, distribution side as well, you know, we've started uh, offering um, a streaming platform uh, that is more equitable and fair in terms of what we think in terms of the numbers breakdown for filmmakers. Um, so really trying to create a place where filmmakers can grow their career and create um, sustainable, sustainable career at that point, you know, where they can continue, they can continue to make work um, and also have a place to stay, you know, have places to live, be able to afford food and things like that. It's very unfortunate that so many people feel like they have to choose between um, art or having any sort of normalcy in terms of uh, finances. (laughs) And so if we can be a voice of change in that economy, uh, that's what we are striving to do and working towards um, in those three to five years. Perfect. Now, you just mentioned something about a distribution setup. So tell us more about that. Yes. Um, so we are a stream subscription streaming platform. So people can pay uh, right now $6.99 per month, um, and you get access to a library of over um, 200 uh, short features and series. Uh, and what we have is that with, you know, we're curated through our programming team uh, and they look at different films from all over at festivals, from submissions. But what we offer that's differently is that we do, instead of paying you out right away with a big chunk, like say some of the bigger online distributors do, uh, every filmmaker is paid out quarterly by uh, the minutes watched on their film. And it's a um, shared revenue split between Steven Spark and, and the filmmaker. Um, and another important distinction is that the filmmakers get access to the data of who is watching, which we think is very important of knowing, you know, who is watching your films, where are they watching from, and, you know, how long they're watching for. Because uh, that can be very uh, essential information in learning how to better strategize for your next project or for your career overall. Absolutely. Uh, where they're watching it, meaning on their cell phone or their iPad or their computer or 
on yes. would they be able to stream it on their television sets? Yeah, yeah. So we are do have um access to Seed and Spark subscription through Roku and Apple T V devices as well too. So that'll also be valuable learning, you know. I can imagine if if I was a filmmaker trying to create something and I learned that all of my audience had watched my last project on their phone, that might really affect my creative decisions in terms of what camera I use, you know, do I need to spend a bunch of money on a camera that shoots huge resolution kind of images if people are watching it on a smaller screen. So all of that intel can, you know, affect creative decisions, budgetary decisions, a lot of things that are very valuable um, for having a career. Absolutely right. I was having lunch with the cinematographer yesterday, and uh, he was talking about the uh, – the numbers now it's and he's uh he's talking about the new cameras and it is like 4k right and then it's 6k Mm -hmm. and now it's up to 8k but the interesting (laughs) thing he shared with me jerry is that the eye the human eye cannot discern between it can't see any difference between 4k 6k or 8k it can't once it 4k is all it can see So if you are streaming uh, like in a theater on a really big screen, that's when you really are interested in the larger 8K. That would be terrific. But when you're working with uh, cell phones, people, Mm -hmm. 4K is fine, right? Yes, exactly. I mean, 4K is still beautiful and looks great and can give you some options in post-production of punching in on certain shots if you need to. So it's really, you know, all of this knowledge and all this information can uh, very much influence uh, the, the best way to approach a project. And so it's, we think it's really valuable for filmmakers to know how audiences are engaging with their work. Exactly. That is very important. And who's engaging, getting those names, yes. because that's what uh, people say to me when they sell their film to Netflix. It's gone. It's like kissing goodbye. You'll never know who watched it or uh, you'll never know your audience. You never get any feedback from anybody. And the same with Amazon. When you work with Amazon, even as on a, a profit sharing, a shared revenue mm-hmm. situation, they don't give you the names is what I hear, right? Yeah, no, they don't really have access to data on those larger platforms. Um, that's kind of the way that they operate. And so we wanted to try to create that an alternative for filmmakers so that they could have the information that they're not getting from those other places. Well, that's smart. And, and also being able to stream this on Roku or Apple, this is really up to date. You guys are staying in the forefront here. Well done. Try, well, <laughs> yeah. So now this is what you're calling the streaming side, the distribution streaming side, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyone that wants to know more about that, they could contact you or someone at Seed and Spark. Tell us how they could reach someone. Yes. Um, so I'm I'm available pretty easy. It's Jerry with a G at SeedandSpark.com. But uh, we also have on our homepage, you can kind of get a sense at just at SeedandSpark.com, the different films we have um, or projects that we have distributing. And then if you're interested in distribution, you can uh, go to our uh, For Filmmakers section at the top bar, and there's a stream on Seed and Spark, SeedandSpark.com slash distribution. And it kind of gives you a basic 
breakdown, and then there's also a form in which you can submit your work if you're interested in having it stream with us. Right. This is great. Okay. Now, um, I would love to know what your campaign success rate is because I hear uh, filmmakers, uh, I'd have to say 90% of my filmmakers, I think 95% have been have had successful campaigns. So from what I see, you're running higher than Indiegogo or Kickstarter. Do you have uh, an, a, a percentage of your success rate? Yeah, so our success rate um, across all campaigns has been 80%, which uh, wow. we feel very, yeah, so 80, um, and I, you know, we feel very proud of that, um, and that really comes from the fact that uh, we, every project that comes through CNN Spark gets personalized feedback from uh, a member of the crowdfunding team, either myself or, or Christina, who works with me on that side, and so we really try to uh, look at your materials um, and then study successful campaigns and trends in crowdfunding and share with filmmakers the information, uh, the things that they can do to improve the campaign um, to better position it for success. Well, that's what will do it, the personal service. This is really important. And um, the problem a lot of times is that filmmakers get – their budget confused with how much they can raise. I mean, they, sometimes they will come to us and say, you know, I have, I have 500 names on Facebook and uh, my budget is uh, $32,000. I want to raise that. And, and then what do you <laughs> say to someone who says that? I mean, how do you get them back to reality? I think it's really about sharing the numbers and data um, and kind of just focus on what the factual realities of what we've seen in crowdfunding. And that's where we do have a benefit from um, seeing what everything that's been on our platform, but by also looking at other platforms, you know, and just the harvesting that knowledge and sharing it about, you know, like having traditionally like a 1% conversion rate from social media shares to campaign contributions. So having 500 1%. So I'm yeah, so, so glad to hear you say that because I've been <laughs> I pull that out of the ethers and I've been saying that because that's what I feel but it's true one percent from social media. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Social okay. media is a great tool and it's very powerful, but there's a lot of misconception that you know oh I have a lot of followers is going to equate to a lot of money and that's not uh, <laughs> necessarily true. But I we always try to get filmmakers to look at is the email list of. They, their own email list and the email list yes. of their team members who are going to be actively working with them on the campaign because there's about a 20 to 30% conversion rate when you reach out via email. Um, and so that becomes a far more effective tool. Um, and, and then also that kind of helps you understand where you are in terms of what you're going to be able to raise by looking at what your email list is. What you're saying, a 20% conversion rate, because I tell filmmakers 5% that they really have to consider that that would be a possibility. In other words, if they have 1,000 names, uh, 50 people will definitely donate. And, uh, and I usually say that it's between $70 and $100 will be your average uh, donation. And yeah. so that means 3500 to $5,000 you could raise with 1,000 emails. What do you, so where are you in those numbers? 
So we I, we look at you know tw- around twenty percent of an email list will contribute, but that's if the filmmaker is doing direct personalized outreach to that email list. So it's moving exactly. away from sending large email blasts because those are similar to a share on social media. They're impersonal, um, and so they're much easier for people to overlook or not feel like you're talking to them specifically. Um, but if you do that direct email outreach, you'll have a higher conversion rate. And you're right, the average amount contributed is about $100. And the most common amount uh, that's contributed is at the $25 tier. So um, often what I will tell filmmakers who are looking at those larger goals um, is to really take a look at their email list. And considering that the most common contribution is $25 and about 20 to 30% of that email list will contribute, does that get you, how far away are you from your goal when you just crunch those hard numbers? Which is never my favorite wow. thing because, you know, I, I, I wanted to That's be a filmmaker. Um, I love art, not math. But <laughs> math can be very helpful um, in, in helping just understand uh, the reality of what, what's possible. This is brilliant. Okay, so let's do, do the 1,000 names again and say, mm-hmm. okay, now we're talking about 200 names at uh, $25 each, which is, again, this is $5,000. We're back to that number. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah. And, and, and yeah, and, it, it works. When you can prove it, you know it's going to work. Yeah, and, and, you know, people say, well, what about appealing to people outside of my network? And that's really about doing the audience building and outreach, but also keeping in mind the perception of momentum that goes into a crowdfunding campaign. So you want to have that 30% of your goal coming in early because that will help people you don't know or people you don't know as well that you're cultivating in your audience development um, feel com- more comfortable with contributing to your campaign uh, because, it's like, you know, if, if a campaign's been up for three weeks and it's at 5%, people feel like it's not going to happen versus if it's right. in its second week and it's at 60%, it's much more likely that someone wants to jump on board and help support you because it feels like it's going to be a sure thing. Everybody wants to work with a winner. Yes, <laughs> that's very true. That's what it's true. So tell us, how do you get to 30% in the first three or four days? What do you recommend? So that, we really encourage filmmakers to reach out to their most dedicated supporters um, and tell, let them know early on about what they're planning, that the campaign's going to launch on this day and that you know, they really could use their help and can they count on their, on their donation or contribution to come in. Um, and having that pre-committed and having those confirmations come in. So then that way, once you click that launch button, you can follow up with those people and, you know, just remind them if they need to be um, so that they can help push you to that, to that marker. And, you know, it's different who that most core bunch of supporters are going to be. Uh, kind of varies from who you are as a filmmaker where, and where you're at with your career. So a lot of the times, you know, for first-time filmmakers making a project with a larger budget, that can be their for their friends and family or colleagues. Um, sometimes for a mid-career filmmaker, it will be the people who really supported and loved their last project. It can very much differ, but it would be the people who you can reach out to, and then doing that outreach early is what's really key. 
doing the outreach early. So, all right, let's start there. How? What do you recommend they do? They do. They send out emails saying, "I'm going to run a Seed and Spark campaign in a few weeks, and I need your support. I hope you'll be part of my team." Or what? Yeah, so that would be part of it is sending out an email to people and being like, we're planning to launch a Seed and Spark campaign for this project. Um, you can share a preview link of your campaign. You know, anything that you can do to further showcase um, the potential of the film and, and communicate why their support is, is important um, in it. So, you know, we're making this film. Uh, we've already, you know, we've had this teaser or we shot this thing. Uh, here you can take a look at our page and the way it's set up. Um, in order for us to really make this happen, we need to hit a certain marker. Uh, can I count on your support when we launch on this day? Or, you know, as much information as you can give them. And then, you know, really building in that time to allow them to respond. To, I think a common mistake is that a lot of filmmakers want to launch the campaign and then start the work um, when mm-hmm. there's so much mm-hmm. takes place before, beforehand, just like a movie. You know, like the longer you have in pre-production, the better production is. The same thing with a yes. crowdfunding campaign. <laughs> the more time exactly. you spend prepping the campaign, the better the campaign will be. Oh, I so agree. This is how I tell filmmakers that you might as well treat it just like a production. And it's the yes. free production that makes you the money. Put your mind on it. Take your magnificent creativity and turn it into Seed and Spark fundraising campaign, nothing more. Give that two or three months, your total focus, and you'll walk away with a good amount of money, a decent amount of money to help you get started with you. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's total correct. Total focus. You know? okay. Well, all right, let's get to one of the things that, uh, it, that people find very confusing, and that's the secret to setting your goal for the campaign. Mm-hmm. So we talked yeah. about the money, about the numbers. So um, then you you go over that with them, and do you recommend a goal for them, or do you uh, help them make a decision? Yeah, I'll try to help them make the decision or just provide options for them. So if, you know, as we talked about getting that email list and calculating based off the average amount and where does that get you, um, if – you know, sometimes with certain projects, it's like, I need $50,000 to make this film, um, and but your network's not quite there. So what we'll recommend is, can you set a lower goal based off of um, what your network numbers do show? Um, that And then be, just be clear about how it's moving the project forward in a meaningful way. So one of the things we do is we do allow camp, uh, filmmakers to raise in stages for a project. So you may not be able to raise that $50,000 right away, but if you raise, say, ten or 15000 you could take a substantial step forward and, and get everything in pre-production lined up if you had a larger-scale production in which you needed to hire somebody like a line producer or a casting agent and all of these different elements. Um, and as long as we found that audiences respond well, as long as the filmmaker is clear into what the project uh, what the campaign is communicating, what it's going to accomplish. Um, and then it's about keeping your, you know, backers, your supporters updated as you're moving forward with those things. So there's different strategy points that might work for a filmmaker. And so uh, outside of trying to give them that information about how to reach those certain financial goals, you know, other different strategies or tactics they can take if they aren't able to get everything in one crowdfunding campaign. 
Oh, absolutely agree. Multiple campaigns work. I've just seen that happen so many times with uh, from with from the heart, where we've helped people with campaigns, because. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you have a $100,000 budget doesn't mean you can raise that in one time. Uh, one woman I worked with raised over 100000 but it, it was through four campaigns over mm-hmm. about uh, 16 months. And her crowd stayed with her and grew every time because she would say, this is for A, B, C. I need this money to do these things. And then she would go back and say, thank you. We did it. Here we are now. We've done that. We need to do this. And they stayed with her. She kept raising money. Yeah, yeah. I think that definitely, you know, being clear about what you're raising for as well as every time if you do go back to crowdfund again, showing how you've made progress, then, you know, then there's no, there's really tends to not be as much of an issue there with people saying, oh, they, they used my money well. <laughs> um, and they're, they're moving yes. forward. And, and staying in touch with those people, uh, I highly recommend that you consider them your database. They are your core financiers, and you treat them with great respect and keep them updated every two or three months. Uh, those Seed and Spark donors should know where you are with your film. What Do you suggest oh, yeah. that? Absolutely. I mean, I think filmmakers... Shouldn't, shouldn't make the mistake of, of uh, leaving those people in the dark. Uh, these are a group of people who have paid for you to create and have paid to view your work. Um, and that is what, at the end of the day, I think why, you know, filmmakers make things is they want to make stories and have people watch them and experience them. So you have a unique opportunity through crowdfunding to have a direct pipeline or communication with those individuals. So don't, don't take that for granted at all um, and be sure to communicate, you know, how things are moving along. If the movie's done, how can they see it? What, if you're playing at a festival, you know, let them know how they can get tickets, all of that information. Um, because those will be the people that, those are the people who believed in the project and believed in you as a creator at, a, at an earlier stage. Um, and those people are the ones you're going to want to hold on to for as long as you can. As long as you can, yes. Take them, <laughs> keep them with you through your entire uh, career. Well, yeah. what we love about Seed and Spark is that you welcome films that are fiscally sponsored by nonprofits like From the Heart. So any special instructions or suggestions for people who are working with fiscally sponsored uh, product where they have a 501c3 behind them? Anything special for them that you could recommend? Oh, yeah. I would just say, you know, we uh, when you're building your page, there's an element where you can specify that you're working with a fiscal sponsor. It would be about finding the right one for you that matches the project. And then in terms of the logistics of setting up the page, you want to make sure that you have communication with your fiscal sponsor because you'll need to make them uh, an, ad, an administrator on your campaign page so that they can input count information and be able to view everything. And so you have that shared collaborative process. Um, the account information is important just because of the way the U.S. tax laws operate in that uh, a fiscal sponsor has to be the entity that receives the funds for it to be considered uh, to, under like the 501c3 tax deductible status. Um, but, you know, we rarely, we love working with fiscal sponsors. We've worked with very many, we appreciate all the projects that, uh, from the heart have sent over to, to work with us. 
as well. Um, honestly, for some filmmakers, it can be an asset to be with a fiscal sponsor uh, because then those donations are tax deductible. Um, and that can be uh, just much in terms of messaging or communicating or whatever the tax needs of your particular project, uh, it can be more beneficial for, uh, for a filmmaker that way. Great. Thank you. Well, I understand that you have to reach 80% of your goal in order to get the funds you've collected, uh, right? I mean, tell us how that works. Yeah, so since we're a, a platform specifically for film and filmmakers, we wanted to make our threshold one that helps get more work made. And so all or nothing can be very uh, can be kind of harsh, you know, if you're trying to raise $10,000 and you raise like 9500 and you don't get to keep any of it, that's <laughs> a real bummer. And, you know, thinking about the way independent film works is that you often have to be extremely resourceful um, and uh, hardworking in order to get something done. And that we've seen that most filmmakers can make their project happen at 80% of their budget. Um, we didn't want to go with the keep what you raise model because if you say are trying to raise $10,000 and you only raise a thousand, uh, you're not going to be able necessarily be able to deliver on the promise of what you pitched to those audience uh, supporters there. Um, so it feels a little, feels a little not right to keep that money if you're not going to be able to make the movie as you uh, envisioned it. So 80% seems to be, the, the right number in terms of making sure that the project can happen um, and happen at the way in which you envisioned it. Okay. So, but they have like a, a contact, they have a representative from Seed and Spark with they, that they work with uh, daily. In other words, let's say that you're at about 60% and you're panicking because <laughs> you have maybe five or six days left. Um, would they get a consultation with you or one of your employees to help them get through that crisis? Yeah, so when you submit for feedback, um, you have one crowdfunding specialist that you work with, you know, throughout prepping the campaign. And then, you know, we check in on you, uh, and you can definitely still reach out for campaign strategy questions or concerns. And, you know, sometimes... Often, you know, like filmmakers have reached out and we provide, you know, some tips or tactics, you know, things or strategy things to take. But I'll be honest, a lot of the time it really just feels like talking, talking down somebody from like the ledge, like 60% <laughs> with five days, like it's still really good, you know, like I think that being yeah. just that voice of, of positivity <laughs> and focusing on yes. what's working uh, can just kind of maybe just shift the mentality of the team and then push them in that right direction. I don't really feel like we have any like, magic answers or anything it's just like here are some things to try and you're doing great like don't panic and that can be enough <laughs> to bring a, a, a film exactly right Jerry. <laughs> you know they just are so focused and trying so hard and then they and then they go off the rails and they think oh my gosh i'm not going to make it but they really all they need is a helping hand so i'm so glad you're there for them because i don't think the other platforms are i mean we are and that's why <laughs> we we love to work with filmmakers in campaigns because it's a key issue uh, you feel mm -hmm. so alone out there. You must have experienced that feeling of I'm all on my own here when you ran your campaign. Oh, yeah. There's definitely extreme highs and lows that, that come with it. Um, and it can be a bit of a, just an endurance test of having that. But I you know, was really thankful to have 
the support of Stephen Spark when I did my campaign, and I had really good um, producers that were also there to help me uh, through those harder times. But, uh, you know, I think just keeping that positivity and keeping that momentum going, you know, they say that that's true of so many things in entertainment or in business, but it, I found it to be very true. The more you can keep your head focused and, you know, just keep doing the work, um, the stronger and the more activity and the more support I saw come through. So it definitely, there is a psychological element to it <laughs> that is key. Yes. Yes, there really is. Well, um, okay, let me ask you about payment. Uh, once the campaign is over, how long is it before the money is uh, put in the account? Yeah, so typically we process payment as soon as we uh, the campaign closes, and it can take up to five to seven business days for all the money to come through. Usually it can happen a little bit faster, um, but there's different issues sometimes with banks. Different banks have different policies and stuff, and not everyone who contributes to your campaign has the same bank. So we give ourselves a five to seven day business five to seven business day thing just to be kind of uh, all encompassing. Okay, that's really fast. Uh, that's great. Now, um, do you encourage people to keep their calendar free during the campaign? Oh, you want to definitely schedule again, like you would a film. So uh, knowing what you're doing, like I don't, I, you know, if you do enough pre-planning, you shouldn't be having to do everything on the campaign all the time. And that is your only life. (laughs) Um, But if you have a good team, you know, we, we say that it's important to have a team. Uh, Friends don't let friends crowdfund alone. Um, So uh, having a team and a schedule so everyone understands who's reaching out to who, who's posting what, um, where it's being posted, the times and things like that, that can be so helpful so that way you can devote, you know, you've devoted a lot of time beforehand that you can devote necessary time during the campaign, but um, it prevents it from being an all-encompassing, all-consuming endeavor in which there's nothing else that you can do with your life. Right. Okay, well, how many people do you suggest they have on a team? Um, That can... that can vary depending on the goal um, for, you know, uh, in terms of how much they are trying to raise. So the more you're trying to raise, the larger your team should be. But when I did, I did my campaign for 15000 and I had a team of about four people that were there and helping out in different capacities from uh, producers and, and, and uh, my lead actor as well, you know, and while I was kind of, the main hub and orchestrator of the campaign, I was communicating with these other uh, key members at different points to to hit the goal. And so um, it can really depend or vary, but uh, even like, even if it's just like one or two other people, if you're trying to raise between like five to 20, uh, that can just be helpful for the psychological thing we talked about of having uh, yes, a group of people to like lift each other, to lift each other up during those harder times. Well, yes, and it's the same thing as making a film. We're we're both agreeing on that. It's the same thing as making yeah. a film. You need a crew. You need your crew there to help you. And everybody jumps in. They will so appreciate the money because they have worked mm-hmm. to get it as a team. You know. So um, yep. now it, it's getting their crowdfunding database. What if somebody comes to you and says, okay, Jerry, I want to run a campaign, but I only have like 100 emails. 
um, and my budget is uh, 30000 so what should I do? How would you advise them? I would say that it might um, – we really encourage people to start doing the audience building, again, before the campaign. So really thinking about who is this film for? Who is going to want to watch it? And, think, and you know, unless you have access to a multimillion-dollar marketing campaign to think differently than, like, the demographics of the studios, but just really who in, like, your community or people around you do you know who – uh, would like to see this project and how can you start to reach them and, and communicate with them so that you can grow your contact list of a way from uh, the number that you had when you started. Um, and it, that I, I personally did that as well for my campaign because even though, you know, 15000 was still a lot of money for me to raise with what my network was, um, but by going out to different organizations um, and communities in the um, Asian American and Filipino American arts community here in Los Angeles, I found a lot of support and was able to grow my audience and make valuable connections uh, with people. Um, and I started doing that a couple months before I launched my campaign. And I was very grateful I took that time to develop and cultivate those relationships because not only did some of those people end up becoming crew members on my film, um, but uh, I was able to uh, get some media connections as well that helped promote the campaign and the film when it was accomplished or, or finished, um, and even uh, festival connections that helped in terms of when it was going, when it, when the film was complete and where it was going to screen. So, really doing that early audience cultivation. You know, if you don't know where the money is coming from, then it you have to really think about well, then who is the audience and how can you go out and, and start talking to them. Well said. Now, let me ask you, Did when you say go out and start talking to them, did you physically go to those places or did you chat with them online or just how did you make those connections? Um, it was a bit of both. Uh, I Honestly, it, for me, it started that, you know, the film I made, Cross, is about a Filipino-American kid who gets involved in backyard boxing in a Mexican-American community. Um, so I knew that my lead character, who is loosely based off my friend, uh, would be Filipino-American. So it really, like one day I was just Googling Filipino-American actors that I remembered, and the first one that came to mind was an actor named Dante Bosco, who played Rufio, uh, the leader of the Lost Boys in Steven Spielberg's Hook back in 1991. I'd seen that film as a child, really liked it. I remembered that actor. Um, and I saw that he was still very a an active performer and actor, doing voice acting and appearing in other films, but he was also going to be on a panel at uh, UCLA here um, uh, that was free. That was about Filipino-American representation in media. So that's kind of, for me, where I think, like, it, it started initially was that I just went to that panel um, and spoke with people there, you know, started following the people that I met there on social media, learning about other organizations and stuff from that, keeping track of, you know, com continuing my communication with people on Facebook and Twitter and email um, as I then went out to these new places that Dante and other people in attendance told me about. So I ended up being a combination of, of, of both and really just started with something as, as simple as a Google search. Wonderful. 
Okay, that's really good advice. Well, now let me ask you, does Seed and Smart Spark promote campaigns to their own mailing list? And if so, uh, how, what do you have to do to get your film to their, uh, for them to mail it to their mailing list? Yeah, that's a very good question, and honestly, one that we get uh, asked a lot. You know, um, so we do have a mailing list of over 200,000 uh, people for subscribers, and we feature two campaigns every week when we send that out, and then we have our funds page where we highlight different campaigns. Um, and that's really we have different metrics, you know, for the fun page of like who's gotten the most followers. We do have staff picks where we pick certain projects that we want to highlight, and that's just a conversation amongst the crowdfunding team. Um, but these are like one thing we always want to, or one of the myths I often want to dispel is that uh, that will never make or break a campaign <laughs> um, on any platform, let alone Seed and Spark. Um, it, you know, with crowdfunding for independent film and series projects that uh, the traffic or contributions are always the direct result of the filmmakers. The platform has very little to do with driving that traffic. Um, so even, you know, even if you were a, a staff pick on Seed and Spark or a staff pick on Kickstarter or a staff pick on Indiegogo, um, the financial contributions that would come from that are like less than 1%. Um, so it's really important for the filmmakers to do that outreach. What being a staff pick or featured in the newsletter can do is that it can give you as, a, as the creator and the campaign runner another element to promote and talk about to your existing community of, hey, like, check out this thing that, like, you know, we were featured here. Um, it kind of acts as an additional, like, press thing to, um, to promote. Um, but feeling that, oh, if I just get on that scene and spark featured in their newsletter, I'm going to hit the green light is uh, not, not the right way to go into it. Exactly. That's so true. I totally agree with you. It doesn't matter um, they, if you have 200,000 people out there looking at it, how many of those people are really going to open that up and read everything and say, oh, I've been waiting for this film. It, it won't be many, if it's any yeah. at all. So it's, it's always back on the back of the filmmaker. You have to bring yep. your crowd to the crowdfunding campaign. Exactly. It's out of like... Uh if you build it, they will come. And like, no, 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 you have to go and tell people that you're building this thing uh, yes. and tell them where to go. Right. And one of my filmmakers recently uh, was really successful with a crowdfunding campaign because she got the subject of her film to get on Facebook and start chatting. And she was driving everybody to Facebook and he's a music composer, and they were so thrilled to get to chat with him that that helped her raise uh, another $10,000 just by sitting there talking every day. She, that really pushed her to her goal. Ah, yeah, using things like Facebook Live or just making yourself accessible to the audience can be really helpful. I had a friend who crowdfunded who would go on Facebook Live basically and just answer questions from people the last few days of his campaign just to, you know, like if there was anything that they had uh, concerns about or were unclear of, he was just made himself available. And that's kind of, it kind of makes sense. You're asking people to give money (laughs) 
towards something. So if they have any sort of questions about why or how that money will be used, like you should make yourself available to answer those. Absolutely. This is a great idea, Facebook Live, too. I hadn't thought of that. Mm -hmm. I like that. So um, what are the things that you like the most about Seed and Spark? Um, I think it's still the same stuff that connected with me when I saw Emily teach as just a filmmaker, which is, um, you know, I, no one in my family has worked in the film industry. Um, it, even though I grew up in a suburb of Los Angeles, I often feel like the entertainment industry could have been on another planet because I had no idea <laughs> that they were making movies on the other side of this, uh, in the city. Um, and I really, you know, I went to college um, and had a great education there, but I still didn't really quite understand, like, how am I going to be able to make projects myself? Like, I don't really understand how this works. Uh, I know how it works on the, you know, the artistry side. I have a lot of feelings and passions there, but on the nuts and bolts, practical financing producing side. Um, and Seed and Spark, it felt like they were a guide for me there that, but like, hey, here's the information that you've been looking for. This is how you do it. Um, and these are different things to try. And these are also things that you don't have to have a, a super rich uncle <laughs> um, who's privately financing your projects. You don't have to come from uh, a major city that these were things that um, I could digest or break down in a way that really applied to me and what were my, what was my reality and what were my resources. Um, and so what I enjoy the most about the Spark still is that I really think that's at the forefront of what, of what we do through our education and through our feedback in terms of crowdfunding and our partnerships is just uh, kind of demystifying uh, the, the, the parts of the film industry that oh, it seems like nobody ever wanted to talk about really. <laughs> um, so right. that's where I see the, the, seeing the biggest value in it. Well, it's excellent. And you also uh, give a lot of seminars where you talk to people about crowdfunding and Seed and Spark. So tell us about that. Yeah, so that's similar to, uh, you know, like that's where I first, you know, encountered Emily was through a class at Film Independence. So we partner with film organizations, uh, film festivals, and film schools, you know, um, and we teach uh, a few different workshops um, that kind of go more in depth into these things of how to approach. We have a, a class on, you know, it's crowdfunding to build independence where we talk about, you know, everything that goes into mounting a successful campaign. We have a class on social media that we also teach that about best practices, you know, of like how often should you post and, and the nitty gritty information there, as well as one of the other class we offer is on pitching. You know, pitching is such an important part of a creative career getting people excited about your project, not only in crowdfunding, but in any space, whether it's a studio or an actor or a collaborator. <laughs> um, so uh, those are the three that we currently offer. And um, we have an events page on Seed and Spark where you can kind of check out where we're going to be going next um, if you want to attend an in-person class. Uh, but we also offer versions of our crowdfunding class um, for free online as well under uh, – um, if you go to oceanspark.com and look at the top bar for filmmakers, there's, uh, you know, there's filmmaker education there. So you can either come to a, a class in, in, in person or you can check us out online and it's 
still, you know, a lot of really great information to help kind of fill in those educational gaps or uh, misconceptions about crowdfunding, social media, and, and pitching. Excellent. And let's have the uh, website address and how they can reach you again, Jerry, please. Oh, yes. Um, so seedandspark.com um, is the basic website that I think filmmakers interested in crowdfunding or distributing. Going to that top four filmmaker section will be the best first place. And then um, you, I'm always reachable at jerry at seedandspark.com. Jerry with the G. Got it. Oh, thank yes, you so yes. much. This has just been fantastic. I really appreciate your honesty and all the details you gave us. I know that you're going to help a lot of people create better campaigns from this information. Oh, yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. Again, appreciate all the great projects we've had that have partnered with with From the Heart. And I'm glad to know that our work to help filmmakers is getting out there more and resonating with more people. Oh, I'm sure your your company will grow leaps and bounds with this kind of personal service because filmmakers really appreciate it, Jerry. Thank you. Thanks oh, for thank joining you. us. My okay. pleasure. Claire, I'll turn it over to you. Thank you. Great. Thank you. And, uh, yes, Jerry, thank you so much for all the good you're doing out there. Uh, there is a lot of... I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of uh, questions that people come up with where they, um, you know, will probably listen to this interview again and again. Uh, It just kind of works out that way sometimes. Um, So I I want to remind our listeners that you can listen to our archives anytime. And uh, it's all there on the on-demand episodes here on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, thank you both. It's been a wonderful show. Looking forward to our next show, and be well, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Now, in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask for money, create your story structure and your trailer, legal advice, fair use, successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's David, R-A-I-K-L-E-N dot com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to The Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone. just want to thank you for joining us on the Art of Film Funding podcast.
Carol and I love creating it and making the latest information from experts on film funding, filmmaking, and film marketing available to you. We don't sell ads. We rely on donations for all of our podcasts and all of the work that we do. So if you appreciate what we do and want to hear more podcasts, please consider making a donation to support us. From the Heart Productions is a 501c3 nonprofit, and donations are tax-deductible. You can donate on our website. On our menu under blogs, you will find a link to the Art of Film Funding podcast. On there, you'll find all the latest episodes, and there you will have the opportunity to make donations. Thank you again, everyone. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.